Welcome to the Voice of Truth radio show with State Senator Mike Azinger, accompanied by my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey. And you are listening to the only radio show in America where you will experience the fusion of church and state. So here we are every week. Tune in. Well, uh, what time, Pastor? Saturday at uh, fr- uh, Thursday at five. five Saturday, Saturday at three. At three. Yep. They guys five and three. Five so and like three. how you hold your steering wheel. No, that's that's not right. <laughs> that's, that might be why you pay a lot of insurance. <laughs> so um, anyway, and, and we have a Facebook page, uh, Voice of Truth Radio, with Mike Azinger. Like that page. We got uh, we got a few people liking it, and uh, we'll post more often there. We don't post a lot there. But uh, we will. We're still just getting used to knowing how to do a radio show. So, (laughs) exactly, exactly. Don't don't bring it up. No one will notice. (laughs) Um, so anyway, it's uh, it's session time in Charleston. We're going to talk about that a little bit here in just a second about uh, the session starting in Charleston. So that's where I've been the last uh, ten days or so, and we'll be there. Uh, for a 60-day uh, session. Sounds so hectic. What's it like getting set up down? I mean, you're here, and now you're not here anymore. You're gone. Yes. And, and you're, it's like you're, you're a superhero. It's like well. you went to your bat cave, and you're, like, doing stuff. And <laughs> We, uh, we kind of live, like, uh, bo- two places at one time during session because what you do is you take everything you own in terms of all your clothes, your suits, your ties, and, and uh, I don't wear a lot of suits and ties except for most of the time at at church, but uh, uh, during the week, I don't wear a lot of suit and, suits and ties. But every day, you have to wear a tie down there, and you have to wear a coat on the floor anyway. Um, but uh, so you take everything down there, and then you got to have uh, go to the grocery store and take all your groceries there. And, and some people, uh, some, some guys stay in a hotel, but uh, what I do is I, I stay in a, 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 a large apartment complex where a lot of guys stay. And uh, have my own apartment, and it's great because you have space, you have a place to work, and it's it's cheaper than staying in a hotel by far. Oh, I'm so, sure. So, uh, so that's where uh, that's where I've been the last ten days. We had our first day of session on the what the tenth, which was the same day we had the state of the state speech from the governor, mm. and uh, that's kind of kicks everything off. It's pretty cool usually, except for this year it wasn't. It's just different down there. It's it's really kind of sad because there's no kids because of COVID. Right. Just, every day you have kids paging, and it's it's just a great little thing that the the the. the uh, uh, the page program they have. Kids come from all over the state, and, and they page. You know, they bring stuff to the senators in their seats, and on the House side, same thing. And the kids love it and have a great experience. And, yeah, they take pictures with their with their senators or uh, or representatives. So that's all shut down right it's now. All, it's gone. And it's just so sad because uh, it, 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 yeah, I'm not going to get into what I think about it, uh, except that I think it's ridiculous. Uh you can't have kids. Kids don't transmit COVID. They don't get COVID. Uh, but uh, 
so the kids aren't aren't there anymore. They're, the the lobbyists who 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 everyone hates lobbyists and hate to work, but lobbyists keep you informed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're an essential part of the process. It's impossible to know what's in uh, all a thousand or so bills that are run every session. You can't. Um, it, uh, you'd have to be an expert in in every area uh, to do that anyway. But you have lobbyists that come in and say, look. Here's here's uh, what's good about that bill, or here's what's bad about that bill, and you have lobbyists that you know you trust, and you have lobbyists who believe uh, like you believe, and lobbyists who believe contrary to what you believe. So you learn, you know, how to listen to each one. But they're essential. But there's 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 almost uh, none of that, uh, and it's just it's just not the same this year, and uh, I, I miss that. But uh, so I, I'm not complaining. It's it's um, you know, it, to be a little cliche-ish, Pastor, it's, it's an honor to serve sure. down there. And every time I sit in my seat in, in the Senate chamber in the same way when I was in the House, man, you just look at it and you think it's just, uh, I can't believe that I'm sitting in this seat. This is mm-hmm. uh, this is a great honor. And how did I, uh, how did the voters have such bad judgment to put me? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they did. But, but they somehow, can change that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't give them any ideas. <laughs> Um, but I mean, it, it has this bad, bad part. You, 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 the hardest part about session, and it's sixty days straight. I mean, you come home for weekends. We worked last Saturday, but most Saturdays you don't. But, uh, but by the time Saturday comes, you, you know, we, we, our first meeting in the Senate is seven thirty a.m. Hmm. And sometimes we don't get done, especially towards the end of the session, till you know, I've been there till midnight. Wow. You know, um, uh, now it doesn't happen all the time, and that's unusual, but. But it's not unusual to be there from seven thirty to six or seven or eight. Uh, and how long does this go on for? How long is session in? Session will will go sixty days from the first day, which was February tenth. Well, usually it's January eighth or tenth, depending. Uh, but but uh, when there's an election year with the governor, like this year, it gets it gets pushed back an extra month. So it'll mm-hmm. be February tenth till what April eighth or something like that, and then we'll be done. But but. Uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's always it's always important for uh, the citizens of West Virginia. You know, the citizens of of uh, of uh, this listening area, even in Ohio. You know, Ohio goes year round. Most most states have do it a couple months out of the year, usually after Christmas time. Usually, like we do in West Virginia, Ohio is full time legislator uh, legislature. They go all year round. It, it's so important, Pastor. For the citizens to to hone in on what's going down in Charleston hmm. and to bug their representative, nothing is more influential. Listen, don't underestimate the power of an email. Hmm. Don't underestimate the power of a phone call. Don't underestimate uh, you know the power of just going up. If you see your uh, representative in, in public somewhere, look, you know, um, I heard about this. Is this right or is this wrong? Hmm. You know, we get we get a lot of emails, but you know what? Uh, those emails give us a a a monitor of of what our people are thinking, mm-hmm. and um, uh, you know I, I'm I'm not of the school that we decide what all the citizens want to do and vote. That's a democracy. We're a representative republic. I I go down. My job is to to understand what the Constitution says and mm-hmm. to vote according to the Constitution. To vote on objective principle, mm-hmm. right? So, but. 
the same time, you know, we like I said, we don't know everything in the bill. I, I've got a couple of calls I just took from friends of mine, close friends of mine, um, and one of them I know what it's about. He's 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 worried about a, a bill down there, and the other is a political activist that I'll be talking about uh, talking to here, who's who's who has a group of over a hundred people that have been meeting for years in this area who he is he is channeling their efforts into legislation especially with this new and we're going to talk about this pastor mm. with this new administration in DC and this uh, this uh, men and women's sports God in heaven what are we doing mm. men and women's sports and this bill they're running that uh, we're going to talk about that it will it's going to transform pastor it's going to transform uh, the whole uh, framework of, of 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 sports and and the separation of of men and women and and how they're different that we know just empirically we can look at we can look at a man we can look at a woman and we know they're different right absolutely they're, so so um, so I, I just wanted to go through a, a few bills I thought people might be interested um, in a, a few of the bills that the conservatives uh, the Christian conservatives and the conservatives are running down there, and maybe one or two that are uh, uh, are going to be contrary to our values. So you've been down there a short time. Are there things already formulating? Did people kind of already come with their – is that the way it works? You guys just kind of yeah. come with your agenda kind of already prepared, and then you just from day one start yes. working your, your yeah. bills in? And, and, and that's a very good question uh, because it, I've been down there since uh, I got elected in 2014 to the House, so in 2015 was my first session. Um uh, and I've learned this as we go, and it seems like it's gotten more and more like this. But, but uh, we we basically send our bills down to an office called Bill Drafting, and uh, they they are attorneys down there who write the bills. Hmm. But they have hundreds of them, and, and even like you know over a thousand every year, and that's a lot. Wow! But um, but that's how it works. So. Uh, there's been a problem with this. <laughs> there's a clog in the pipeline this year because I've only gotten one back. What they do is they write the bill, they send it up to uh, the legislator, and the legislator looks at it, signs off on it, and then they it goes into the system. It starts the process. And um, so I complained in in caucus one time. We have a the Republicans have a a uh, morning uh, a daily morning caucus meeting at seven thirty, and um, my first suggestion was that we uh, have it catered with steak and eggs. That got shut down. It did not pass. They should have. That would have been a good bill. I would have joined the You would have been with me on that, yes. <laughs> the second one was, look, well, where's everybody's bills? So so uh, they're, they're down there uh, kicking some folks in the shin saying, uh, okay, let's get these going. So anyway, just a couple of, of things that people that uh, – th- that uh, I've got three or four uh, buddies in the Senate that were very tight and very conservative. So I text them. So give me some give me some of your bills that you're running down there, and, and uh, here's just a few of them. Uh, I'll just go ahead and start with mine. Uh, I, I haven't run this one yet, but I, but I think I'm going to do it. There's a bill called the Heartbeat Bill that's been kind of sweeping the country. Mm-hmm. A lady named Janet Porter – started this she's an ohio gal i met her at a conference last year great man she is like a dynamo just Mm -hmm. a firecracker but she's it passed in ohio last year now every time this bill passes what the bill says is once there is a a heartbeat can't touch the baby Mm -hmm. once there's a heartbeat this is very aggressive um uh, uh 
law that they're that they're going that they're pushing because it it it, it goes pushes back closer and closer to conception, sure. which is where we want to start, right? But uh, uh, it's it's called the heartbeat bill. I talked to the gal about running it. Uh, there's a, uh, a, fr- a friend of mine, a senator uh, named Patricia Rucker, who's running um, a bill called Life at Conception Bill. Now, that bill I've not heard about or heard of, but I was, but but apparently she is going to run something like this. But but uh, I mean, uh, uh, Life at Conception would that would that be a biblical principle? Absolutely. I mean. You know, to to even think that we have to discuss these things to bring out the truth is unfathomable Mm -hmm. to me when it's so clear from our Creator in Scripture that, you know, in the mother's womb, He's forming us. He has plans for us. He has intentions for us. I mean, the Bible couldn't—if there's any issue— that's on the table right now that, that people are talking about or discussing or trying to, to make laws about. This is a very clear-cut issue from a biblical standpoint. There's really no wiggle room on it. So I, I looked up uh, the law of first mention, uh, which basically says, and I'm not sure if I completely even understand this, but because the Bible isn't chronologically put together, but uh, the law, uh, if you go with the law of first, first mention, I think the first time it's mentioned in terms of conception, is Adam and Eve coming together and conceiving and bearing Cain. Hmm. So they come together, and they conceive, and they bear Cain. Uh, So life, uh, it's a strong implication, if not a doctrine there, that Hmm. life is at conception. I I read an article, this is true, I've seen this on, on several sources, but that at the very point of conception, there's a little spark of light. Hmm. They've looked. They've seen it on. I don't know what how they do it, but they've seen it, and th- there's a little spark of light hmm. at that very second. So that's not a surprise, though, is it? Hmm. That's <laughs> that's pretty interesting. I've never heard that before. So that's I'll very get that for you. Yeah. You're looking at me like uh, I'm. I just <laughs> I just proposed that we have a flat Earth. <laughs> I don't believe that. I do have friends that believe that. Good friends that believe that we do have a flat Earth. I think that the the Earth is a sphere, as Isaiah said. But, but uh, so I'll get that for you, so you don't look at me like that. <laughs> Our listeners can't see how. No, I, I was looking at you because it was so fascinating. Okay. I mean. <laughs> well, it, it is. Uh, it is documented, and uh, it's 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 utterly fascinating mm. to me. I mean, something happens at conception. God's there, right? Yeah. In the in the womb, He forms us. Yeah. I made a speech on the floor one time that that uh, God is in the womb forming. Hmm. forming every individual. Hmm. So what's abortion do? Abortion is going right into the womb while God is creating and destroying what's in God's hands hmm. or shoving his hands aside. It's a very evil thing that abortion yeah. is, and we've become so jaded, and I find this in my own heart sometimes, like, okay, abortion. You know, we've talked about abortion over and over and over, and that's the danger of it, is when you you take a battle on and you and you—, you fight it so long and you don't destroy it that you become jaded to it mm-hmm. and hard to it. And I find that in my own heart. Yeah. And we have to uh, uh, we have to remember that the evil of what it is. Yeah. We're killing a baby. Yeah. Defenseless. I mean, how awful is that? Well, I mean, let's just say it's one of the primary commandments. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Yeah. You, you can't murder. That's It goes against the very heart of God. Mm. Uh, that's why those are the primary commandments is because encapsulated in those are all the rest of the the things of life. And when we start taking life, when we start 
um, coveting what other people have, when we start um, lying and becoming untruthful, all of these start to to seep into each other. And before you know it, we're a murdering, lying, covetous <laughs> group of people. And no wonder we have the problems we have in our world today. I mentioned a quote. Uh, I, f- I was almost brought it with me. I wish I would have now, but uh, out of uh, Christianity Today that uh, I read last week on the air that the guy basically prophesied because of Roe v. Wade was passed, we're going to come to a day where we're lawless and we're mm-hmm. we're simply rebelling. We will rebel against the laws of mm-hmm. God. He saw that. He saw that if we can't protect a baby in the womb, that that we will one day uh, out and out rebel mm-hmm. against God's law. So we're doing that in, in large pockets all over the country. Well, it's so hypocritical, you know, uh, a lot of the things that we see purported today that, that are supposed to be fair and just, and everybody's so concerned about equality and justice and all this stuff, but at the very root of everything is life. And when you take mm. somebody's life from them, then none of your other motives are going to be pure. And and that's really what we see happening today in all of these different ideologies that are being foisted upon us in the United States of America is it's it's done under the guise of we're for you we want better things for you but all they want is a world that that feeds their fleshly needs yes. and and that all starts with man we'll take we'll take your life if it's more convenient for us we will take yes. your life away from you if it's more convenient for us when you start from that foundation which is where all this other stuff is coming from too make no mistake about it right. when you start with that foundation you have to look at the corrupt nature of all these other ideologies that flow from that because they're not meant for our good. We're not celebrating diversity today. We're robbing people from their actual God-given distinctions. If we want to really celebrate diversity, let's celebrate the difference between men and women. Let's celebrate the That's difference right. between nationalities and how God made yeah. such a diverse world. Let's yeah. let's explore that and find out you know, how can we enjoy what God has made, but we don't. We, we start at the very beginning. We take life away because it's more convenient for us. And they're robbing everybody's personal identity now as well because it's more convenient for them. And it's just just sad to see that happening. Yeah, so you start taking life, especially a baby's life, uh, you're going to end up in places where you never thought you would go, and that's where we're going. So here's some other bills. By the way, next segment, stay tuned. We're, we're going to talk about Rush Limbaugh for for, for a yeah. little bit mm-hmm. and uh, what he's meant and and some really surprising um, uh, uh Basically, testimony, his testimony, uh, as of as just at the end of his life. So here's a few more bills that we're going to be. I have a another bill that I I'm running called the Social Media Censorship Act, and it's mm. basically protecting us from social media, uh, just basically ki- killing our First Amendment rights. Mm. I get I get it all the time on Facebook. So do many of our listeners who put anything on there that's conservative or Christian at all. This will protect uh, these folks. We can't even boost your show here on the radio station on Facebook because it blocks us every time you just say, because your name's on it. Are you saying people don't like me? <laughs> I'm going to have to go cry in the corner. <laughs> hey, but explain how that happens on a state level. It seems like these social media So it's just companies... basically, this is a North North Dakota bill, Pastor. And, uh, it's 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 basically just in that state, you know. Facebook's all over the world. In that state, you can't uh, you can't uh, take take away a, a, the First Amendment right to 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 speech. So it will protect you. Can you 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 can take these companies, Facebook, Twitter, whoever, to court. 
You hmm. can have, there's a civil action in the bill. So uh, it, it's great. it's quite strong and, and it's very Florida's doing it, mm-hmm. North Dakota and uh, many states. There's a lot of the states that are pushing freedom bills this this session. All right, let me just read some of these transgenders and girls sports. We're going to address that. Uh, blocking Biden's illegal executive orders. That's a North Dakota bill also. Uh, parental notification of minors receiving contraceptives at school. How in the world, how in God's wow. name do we start giving away contraceptives to girls at school? Uh, Life at Conception Act, Hope Scholarship, ESAs, Education Savings Accounts. Um, new Voices legislation, which is uh, free. Uh, that's a bill I'm running, uh, which basically is a freedom of speech on campus. Uh, uh, just basically protecting freedom of speech on campuses, which we, you know we're losing. Um, and so th- that will be a very good bill. Then one more. Um, well, that's that's what that is. It's student journalists are being denied the right on campus to freedom of speech. Hmm. So those are some. There's some human rights legislation that uh, is going to be attacking freedom, freedom of religion that we see every year. Uh, but I think, I think that that's not going to go anywhere again this year. All right, so we're out of time. You're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show with State Senator Mike Azinger, Pastor Brian Leversey. We're going to talk next segment. Stay tuned. We're going to have a, a, a really interesting, uh, fascinating, I think, segment on the inimitable and late sadly, uh, Rush Limbaugh. We know he passed away this week, but uh, last week. So we're going to talk about uh, that for a minute. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show. You're listening to State Senator Mike Azinger, Pastor Brian Leversey, the only show in America where you'll experience the fusion of church and state. So we got a pastor in here and a politician. Bad combination. <laughs> we're um, going to get in trouble. <laughs> that's right. At some point, at some point, we're either going to get in trouble or we're going to get called to take uh, Rush Limbaugh's place. There you go. Do you think? Boy, I don't know. <laughs> yes. We could go. <laughs> if we could go from ten listeners to twenty million overnight, that would be like a you could You'd write, get a, write big a book. Head. You'd get a big head. <laughs> I couldn't handle it. <laughs> but uh, we appreciate all of our listeners. We, we have a great time on here and a lot of fun. And uh, so we just we just like taking on the issues of the day from a, a biblical perspective. That's what we're all about. Yeah, and you know I think that's a, a perspective that's sorely lacking in our world today. So much confusion, so much difficulty. People are struggling in in ways I've never seen in my lifetime, grappling with moral issues. And mm. and, and even our logic today as human beings is, is taking a dive. We, yeah. we don't really process through things well. And the reason why is because we've left off from the light of God's Word. So I'm yeah. glad we're doing a show where we bring that to bear in uh, in current situations. Amen. You know, logic, is, God's the author of logic, mm-hmm. right? He's the Lord of the heart. He's the Lord. He's the Lord of everything, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't have... You can't have true logic. You can figure out things uh, from just by observing nature for yourself. And uh, uh, but uh, we talk we talk from a biblical perspective, and uh, that's what we want to do. So we had a uh, we had a big loss in radio world. Look, I listened to Rush Limbaugh since I was uh, 
I don't know, early 20s. I think I've listened to them for 30 years. And I was a three-hour-a-day listener Mm -hmm. for 30 years. That's the kind of talent that this guy had. But it was more than talent, Pastor. He he just had an ability to – to perceive culture and to comment on it and say things that nobody else said. I was texting with my brother yesterday, and um, we were talking about a certain uh, an attorney that we were uh, – um, no, I think we were talking about Rush. But anyway, I said, I said Rush is like, um, like Tiger Woods in terms of how far and above he is. Like Tiger Woods, I used, we used to watch Tiger Woods. He would be like – 24 under par, and everybody else is just trying to figure, finish even or whatever. He, he would blow everybody out. It wasn't even close. And um, I, actually, my cousin, Paul Azinger, I don't know if you've uh, – your dad might know him. He was a professional golfer, and he finished – he had the, uh, a playoff round with Tiger Woods. So I thought, okay, Paul, come on. Because Paul Azinger was – in his day was like, you know, top top dog, top five golfer in the world. So um, uh, he's <laughs> – He's in a playoff round with Tiger Woods, and we're thinking, "Go, Paul! Go, Paul!" So second second hole, it was over. It was done <laughs> because so, and that's and that's Rush Limbaugh. He had and 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 let me just this is one of the observations I want to make about this. Uh, ironically, I learned this from Rush Limbaugh's uh, newsletter. He has a monthly newsletter where he interviewed Tiger Woods, hmm. and Tiger Woods told the story of how on the golf course. His dad would take him, and his dad would train him to play golf with uh, military tactics. For example, he'd, he'd be Tiger's famous for being able to finish to stop his swing, like right in the middle if he has to. Well, his dad would take him out of the golf course and and just arbitrarily throw all his uh, his bag of clubs up in the air, right in the middle of the swing, and he had to stop. Hmm. Rush Limbaugh learned to think uh, and perceive. Uh, at 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 the the dinner table with his dad. Hmm. So here's two key figures in American culture, and in their line of work were the best, and they were influenced. Someday we need to do a yeah. se- segment on this. They were influenced by their fathers. Hmm. Nobody talks about. It. Nobody says that. Uh, I have a book called, I talked about this in Sunday School class once, Faith of the Fatherless, and I'm, I'm veering off here for a second, but it talks about all of the uh, bad people, a lot of it just takes stories of bad men and, and some women, Madeline Murray O'Hare, who, who had either a father who had passed away, a father who mistreated them, or a father that was was, was never around. Hmm. But uh, but Rush Limbaugh uh, was was at the top, when, but from the time he started, and 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 he just he never stopped. Mm-hmm. And I, I wrote this blog on on uh, Facebook, uh, not a blog. I keep saying blog, but I, I use. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm just going to read it real quick. It's only a few lines, but uh, I said I wrote a blog about Rush 15 years ago. I used to have a little blog thing. Mm-hmm. I, I titled I titled the blog Rush Limbaugh the Secular Elijah, because that's what I think he was. Mm-hmm. He had. Uh, let me just finish. He had more guts than most preachers and all politicians. In fact, it was my contention in the piece I wrote that he filled the bo- the void left by the silence of the pulpit. Like many, I was with him for 30 years for three inimitable hours a day. May the Lord please give us another of his stature 
will miss you for many years, dear Rush Limbaugh. But my point being that I think a lot of a lot of the pulpit, and I'm not talking about yours because I tell you often uh, that I think you're very bold behind the pulpit, uh, or we wouldn't be here. So, um, but but a lot of Christianity, mm. a lot of the evangel- evangelical world. Max Lucado most recently said, "Look, I'm sorry." He apologized to the LGBT. I don't know if you saw that. Mm-mm. He apologized. So everyone's apologizing mm. for what they believe. Uh, and, and Rush Limbaugh was probably known uh, as much or more for uh, than anything for, for his intrepidity, intrepidity, his fearlessness, yeah. his courage. He was a man of great courage. But he, but I would listen to him sometimes, and I would, he would, he would be on a, uh, uh, you know, fifteen minute whatever, just a sermon almost and he would be saying it in a way that no one else could hmm. i would think that's why he's making that's why he makes 85 million a year he's in a league like nobody else yeah you know i i didn't grow up you know on him or or listen to him as frequently as some but you know there'd be things that would be happening in the world and he would speak to those issues especially things that were happening in our country he would speak to them with such clarity, you know, and it, it yeah. actually helps, I think, preachers out because there are some things that go on uh, from a secular standpoint that sometimes you can't you can't draw the lines together and connect the dots. And he would do that in such a way that there would be a secular framework for bringing biblical application. Mm. Uh, so I would listen to what he'd have to say, and I think— you know that's exactly what the Bible says here in this area about what happens when you when you devoid yourself of the truth or when you go down this certain path. And he would make that so clear about what's happening in America that then I could bring those biblical points right alongside of that and 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 have a real time example, real time parable of some law that's being passed or some um, you know viewpoint or philosophy that's being uh, you know foisted on our population. And then I'd have the scripture right here to show. This is exactly why we need to be principled in our thinking, and I think that's the thing about him. He was a very principled thinking man. Mm-hmm. He, you, you don't, you don't find variations in his message, you know, very much all the way through his career. He, he, he built his program. He built his conversation around principle, and he didn't really veer from that. And that's uh, an excellent point because that is that's true. That's what he was. He was, and if you. Uh, if you attach your thinking to principle, you, you'll be okay. Yeah. You know, that's what the Constitution is. It's a book of principles. And, uh, of course, greater than that, transcending that, is Scripture. Scripture is uh, a, a book of principles. Mm-hmm. You, know, you mentioned earlier, thou shall not kill. Well, that's a principle. You you don't kill innocent life. That's right. You know, if if life deserves to be killed because they transgress, if that you know somebody's killed somebody or raped or murdered, they deserve to lose their life, and we should do that. We don't do it anymore, but we should do that. But uh, but principle is is very important. Uh, we were, we were talking before we came on the air. Uh, you know, I, I listened to Rush years and years and years. And I was telling you the story. Of, this is probably when I first listened to him back in the early eighties. No, early uh, uh, late eighties, maybe early nineties. And uh, I heard somebody call in. Is <laughs> a hillbilly from somewhere? And the guy said, "Hey, Rush." Uh, they talked for a minute, and he said, "Hey, if you died today." Do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? <laughs> well, Rush threw, threw him off a little bit, but he said, uh, and I'm saying, yeah, hey, yeah. And then uh, he was about to get off. He said, you never know what's going to happen. Your host uh, can handle anything, something like that. You know, he's braggadocious. <laughs> uh, but the guy asked him, 
uh, where would you go if you died? So I've listened to him all these years. And I always thought uh, Rush is a great guy, but he 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 won't he he doesn't give things from a biblical perspective. And when he's being uh, you know in a sword fight of sorts, even with a Christian, and he has to parry and pivot and and take a stand, he never takes a stand uh, biblically. He never did. And if you don't, then you, you don't have solid ground. You have mm-hmm. to say, well, it's because of, you know, where, so where does that principle come from? Well, where does that principle come mm-hmm. from? Well, there's first principles that are original from which everybody argues uh, if, if you're going to argue successfully. You have to have a first principle, a starting point. And he didn't have that. He was very brilliant, and he, had, he understood conservative principles. He believed in God. He he didn't. He would even attack evolution. Well, I think he'd use the Constitution a lot as his Bible. You know, that was kind of it was where kind he of a would, Bible. It was form, kind of it? his yeah. Bible. So, like he he didn't he didn't necessarily reference the Bible, but like we say, the Constitution's so full of Scripture. I'm not calling. Believe me, I'm not calling the Constitution the Bible. But I think that's what he defaulted to, which is, which is a great place to default to as a conservative when you're talking about social issues in a government. And he did. Yeah. And, and he did default to the Constitution. Yeah. Um, which is very good. So anyway, the, the point I wanted to get to is that uh, I've, I've never really seen a, a, a heard uh, any kind of fruit of salvation. Mm. And I think there's millions of us out there because he, a lot of his listeners were, were people like us, Christians. Not everyone, but a lot of Christians listened to him. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, a lot of Christians w- would be like me, would, would just breathe a, a, a prayer of salvation to Rush. Mm-hmm. God, please save Rush. God, please save Rush. It's easier to pray for someone's salvation that you love than... <laughs> <laughs> right? so, but, but, oh, Lord, please hey, save me. I pray me. for you all the time. Thank you. I'm not going to take any kind of inference from that. <laughs> So Rush, so Rush gets on the radio uh, just like within the last couple months, and he said this. He said, I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm. And I thought, oh, wow. And, of course, he's been sick for a year. Uh, and, and that'll get your attention, too, you know, when you, when you know your life is drawing to an end. And, and, yes. re- and relatively speaking, you know, that's, a, that's an early— But uh, ironically, apparently this happened several years ago hmm. or— even before he got sick. Uh, so his brother was a born-again Christian. His brother, David Limbaugh, a very strong Christian, writes books on it. Um, but Rush, the firstborn, the talented guy, you know, firstborns are different. And he's he's hard-headed, and uh, he just really never showed any kind of, of, uh, of fruit to salvation. Uh, so a guy named Joel Rosenberg, who worked for him when he was young, and this is a Messianic Jew, a uh, Jewish guy, uh, wrote, wrote an article that I want to recommend to the listeners. It's called Rush Limbaugh Gave His Life to Jesus Christ a Few Years Ago, and it gave him tremendous hope as he faced his toughest fight. Long title, but that's what it is. Google, uh, don't Google, uh, Duck Duck, uh, go, <laughs> Duck Duck Go, Joel Rosenberg and Rush Limbaugh, and that story will come up. So Joel Rosenberg's uh, an author. He's written a lot of books about about all the revivals going on mm. in the Middle East, in Iran, Iraq, and all these Muslim nations. Great revivals that we don't hear about. So I've read several of his books that are fascinating. Probably the best one's called Epicenter. If you're going to read one book, mm. read Epicenter, uh, because that's what it talks about. So Joe Rosenberg does this long story, uh, fairly long, on uh, on Rush Limbaugh and uh, he, how he tried to get to see him the last week of his of his uh, uh, at the end of his life and sat in a hotel waiting for Rush to call him so he could go see him because he wanted to see him so badly. 
and he never he never did. Rush never uh, never felt well enough to see him, and he ended up having to leave. So he never got to see him again. But uh, Rosenberg knew him well, and and Rush would have Joe Rosenberg on, uh, and Rush never had guests, and he would have Rosenberg on talking about his uh, Rosenberg's new books, and 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 uh, treated him in a a, a very special way. But uh, um, it, it's a glorious thing to hear that um, that Rush Limbaugh came to Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think sometimes uh, other believers can be too skeptical for their own good. You know, we we sometimes hear somebody made a profession or said, you know, I love Jesus, and we've been burned by that before. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think we tie our hopes to yeah. whether it's a athlete that we really admire or a. Uh, artist of some kind, that or a Hollywood admire. actor. Does or that I... ever happen? In Hollywood? <laughs> a Hollywood conversion, and, and, and they just say, "Oh, I yeah, of course, I love Jesus." And then you know they're fawned over by the Christian community until you know something uh, terrible happens to show otherwise. And then, right, you know, so I think we we get a little jaded from that perspective. But you know, let's not let's not discount every profession that we hear. Let's not just on its face say, "Well, of course, somebody's just going to say that to appease people." Hey, I'm glad when anybody will profess publicly to that many people yeah. that they know Jesus. Now get this, as their personal Savior or have a personal yes. relationship with Jesus. Yeah. That's that's a big statement. Rush would say near the end, uh, you know, the last, I don't know, probably the last year of his life because he lived longer than he thought he was going to. And uh, he would say often on the radio uh, when he would come on, at the beginning of a show, I woke up this morning, and the first thing I did was thank God I did. Mm-hmm. He would say that almost every day, and mm-hmm. you could tell it was a, a visceral expression of his of genuineness toward of, of his love towards God. He mm-hmm. he meant he would wake up, oh thank God I didn't die in my sleep. Uh, thank you God. Mm-hmm. Now he knew one day he wasn't going to wake up, or he was going to pass away during the day, and I think he passed mm-hmm. uh, in the morning because by showtime. On Monday, I, I, I was I was uh, uh, no, it was t- it was Tuesday. Uh, I happened to be in town. I had to be in town for something. I'm, I'm usually in, uh, in Charleston all week, uh, but uh, uh, so I, I wonder. I hadn't heard Rush on for a while. I thought, man, I was getting worried, and so I, I tuned in. I can't tune in in Charleston just because you're you're. It's hard to you're in meetings all the time, but but so I tuned in and uh, his I. I was, I was like a one or two minutes late. I know exactly when he's he's on twelve oh six. So bam, I'm on every day. But uh, so I got on a couple minutes late, and a, a, a lady was reading a letter, um, and I thought, oh, he's gone. Mm-hmm. That's got to be his wife. It's got to be Catherine." Mm-hmm. And she was. She was reading a letter of, of uh, uh, you know, I, I I think she wrote it. it. wasn't something from Rush, but it was. It was very sad, and I pulled over, and uh, you know I didn't weep. I just choked up a little bit because the rush has this way of making you feel like you're his buddy, mm-hmm. even though you're a listener mm-hmm. out there. He had that way, and I, I was just so thankful, Pastor. So so thankful that he said, "I have a personal relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus Christ." Because the, there's a lot of things to look forward in heaven, and obviously seeing the Lord and thanking God and seeing the creator of the universe. I was mm-hmm. driving home last night. Everything was white along mm-hmm. I said, so I was like, God, you're, you're phenomenal. I mean, mm-hmm. God is. God's the one. But seeing the saints in the Bible, and but you know what? We're going to get to see people <coughs> and, and uh, 
talk to people and have relationships with people that we never knew. Yeah. That we admired. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so Rush Limbaugh will be among, among another them. great moment in his life. Obviously, not nothing compares to knowing Christ as your Savior. But uh, when he was awarded the uh, Presidential Medal of Freedom, wasn't that awesome? Uh, do you think any other president would have awarded that to him? No. Yeah. No. That's uh, that's something only that uh, tr- Trump would would do. And uh, that was a, that was a great moment. Everyone understood that uh, you know Rush was Rush was dying and and that his days were numbered, and he understood that, and and he. Uh, was very courageous about it. I always wondered how would I, you know, some we're, we're all going to die. How are mm-hmm. we going to, uh, how are we going to handle it? And uh, you know, if we have the Lord, we obviously we don't have to fear death. Mm-hmm. But uh, boy, he worked right up till the end too. Right? He, as long as he could, he he stayed on the air. He, he, and, and it's amazing. I mean, the last time I heard him, I thought, um, and I didn't know it was going to be the last time I heard him. But the last time I heard him, I, I thought, my, he just he sounds so weak. But it just, I, I can't imagine going into the studio for three hours when you feel awful. We can barely do this for an hour with <laughs> being in relatively good health. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm running to Tim Hortons here, and I'll be back for our last segment. So anyway, we are done with this segment. We just wanted to talk about uh, Rush Limbaugh for, for a while. Because one thing, pastors, one thing people don't, don't understand is the amount of abuse he takes mm. when you're at that level, the amount of hate. And I haven't seen it, but I've heard a lot about uh, what the left has said about him since he died, and that says a lot about the left, and they can they can uh, uh, ex- express their own values, good or bad, on their own. But but uh, Rush, you know, when you're at that, no one took it like Donald Trump did, but but when you're when you're at the level that that Rush is. Uh, when you play, as he would say, when you play at that level, uh, you have a lot. Of, a lot of people want to hate you because you're, yeah. he's very bold in what he says. But all right, so we just wanted to give a, a tribute to Rush Limbaugh and especially a, a hero of mine. You're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show with State Senator Mike Azinger, Pastor Brian Leversey. We got one more segment. We're going to uh, we're just going to hit some current events event issues. So do not go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show. Thanks so much for tuning in, folks. You are listening to State Senator Mike Azinger, accompanied by my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey, the only show in America where you will experience the fusion of church and state. So we have fun every week, once a week, Saturday, uh, Thursdays at 5. Saturdays at 3. Saturdays at 3. Why is that hard for me to? I don't know. 3 and 5. They're big numbers. <laughs> no, it's 5 and 3. See, 5 and 3. <laughs> See, I told you. Talk. They're big numbers. Yeah, those uh, triple, those uh, big digit numbers get me every time. All right, we had uh, we had some good segments, folks. If you didn't hear it, uh, da- uh, download the podcast. The podcast is uh, Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger, I think, is where you'll find the podcast. So we talked about Rush Limbaugh for the last segment. In the first segment, we just talked about some things going on down in Charleston as uh, the the session starts for the legislature down there. So you need to be vigilant, folks, and we'll try to help you out as much as we can here on the show, too. And uh, uh, we just need to know what's going on, Pastor, mm-hmm. with, with the laws being passed and uh, trying to— People say ignorance is bliss, but ignorance is, is really— um, irresponsible. And, you know, we can't just put our head in the sand and, yeah. and hope bad things go away. We need to understand 
what kind of evil plans are out there or what good plans are out there and know how to yeah. how to support what God uh, calls us to do. It's our duty to be vigilant and uh, and and knowing what's going on is is one of the ways. So another way is to find out what's going on in the culture and in DC in terms of some some um, policies that are being uh, sent sent from the the White House. Um, uh, there's a an article that I came across on Breitbart, which is a a good source of news for you. B r e i t b a r t, Breitbart News, Breitbart.com. So the the name of the article is Joe Biden's War on Women Equality Act. Now that's what it's called, the Equality Act. Keep an eye on that. This is this is a very dangerous thing coming out of D.C. The uh, Equality Act to end legal recognition of biological sex. Hmm. It's stunning to see the boldness of uh, of the ungodly and what they're doing. But but they they've been pushing and pushing for years and uh, winning and winning for hmm. years. And uh, so why not? You know, why not? Why not go for it? Why not say, "Hey, listen, uh, we're going to redefine uh, biological sex because we want to." It's what they want to do, and you know, it's it's striking to me. This is so striking to me, and we've got to be careful about this. Is we've heard over the past, I don't know, nine, ten, really going on twelve months now, this mantra of follow the science, follow the science. Follow the science. That's why you should do what I tell you to do. Follow the science. That's why you should vote this way. Follow the science. That's why you should stay in your homes and lock down your businesses. Mm. Follow the science. That's why you should wear 12 masks. Follow <laughs> the science. Right. Except when it comes to, oh, there's life in the womb. Then don't follow nope. the science. Nope. Follow my feelings, that's right? right. Uh, except when science says, no, biologically there are males and there are females. No, no, no. Don't follow the science on that. Follow my whims because I want to recreate man in my own image because I'm God. That's mm. essentially what they're saying. Yeah. They're not saying follow the science of creation. Follow the science from a creator who who obviously created everything with design and purpose for a reason. They're saying follow my science. And by the way, the Bible has a word for that or a, or a phrase for that. It's called science falsely so-called. That's mm. actually in Scripture. Yes. Don't follow, the Bible says, science falsely so-called. Wow. And that's exactly what we're seeing in our culture today. And it's just the hypocrisy of that is blatant. And and Christians, you need to be vocal about that. You need to stand your ground on that. You get into conversations with people. Don't be hateful. Don't be spiteful. Um, don't be unloving. But you need to stand your ground. And when somebody's trying to tell you, you, you were mentioning to me, I, I think you mentioned Max Lucado or something, you know, and mm-hmm. people I've had at least a modicum of respect for, you know, in the evangelical world for uh, sure. a number of years. I've read numbers. And, and it's difficult to hear that they're getting wishy-washy on their stand. Now, this is the time we need to stand firm and say, you want to follow the science? Let's follow the real science. There are men and there are women. There are... There, there is life in the womb. I mean, this is basic <laughs> biology 101 stuff here. Romans 10 says that when the Jews rejected God's righteousness, they went went about to create their own righteousness. Mm. So when we reject God's righteousness, hey, we, we are made to have a righteousness. Mm. It, it is how God made us, so we'll create our own. Mm. That's what political correctness is. That's what this law is coming from Biden. Let me, let me just read a paragraph of what this 
Equality Act that the Biden administration is pushing, what it will do, this is a quote from the the article in in Breitbart, Uh, so it would eliminate the legal recognition of male and female sex. Hmm. Yes, you did. Listen, listen to what I just said. It would eliminate the legal recognition of male and female sex. It would cater to gender ideology and designate protection for the unborn as, quote, pregnancy discrimination. I am getting so tired of the terminology that they, I mean, do they sit Where's in the focus line? group rooms for <laughs> about, did. you know, 50 hours a week and yeah. uh, just, just come up with these flowery sounding terms? I mean, anybody on face value, oh, yeah, I want to vote for equality. Yeah, I want to vote so that everybody, you know, is, is treated fairly. I want to vote. That's not what this is about, though. This is about redefining the whole creative scope of identity in order to purport your own ideologies and agendas toward annihilating, get this, annihilating the difference between the sexes. And that is a, that's a powerful word you just used. And, and it's a powerful point you just made about how they use these quaffed little uh, uh, focus group phrases that you can tell that there's, Orwellian, just in in their sound and the noise they make, mm. they're they're just putrid. Yeah, and and that's what they do, and and uh, that's how they speak. There's this whole new language that the, that the left has. Um, uh, speak biblically. God, uh, the Apostle Paul didn't speak in these weird, no. strange phrases and terms. Uh, the Equality Act that that's the oldest. That's the oldest trick in the book, like you uh, just referred to, giving uh, giving a bad bill, and this is worse than bad. This is flat evil. But giving a bad bill, a uh, a flowery name or a uh, a uh, what what would seem to be just a a, a righteous uh, a righteous bill that we're going to eliminate uh, we're going to eliminate the discrimination of transgenders. We're going to look. Let me just make a couple points here, Pastor. But you're about to talk, but just let me a couple points. So, uh, one thing, one thing they say, a couple of things they say in the article. One, every person should be treated with dignity and respect. Well, are you going to codify that? Are you going to put that in law right. that you had you have to treat people with dignity and respect? Uh, they have to. There has to be full equality. That's impossible. There's no such commandment of God. Um, and they're going to rewrite civil rights laws to include sexual orientation and gender identity, the so-called SOGI, sexual, sexual orientation and gender identity. Uh, but they, they want to get rid of discrimination and, and that they're being uh, persecuted and they, don't, and they deserve the right. They have, they have, we're talking about the transgender community and the, uh, and the homosexual community, any, any uh, non-traditional sexual community. They have every constitutional right that you and I have. Mm-hmm. They before before gay marriage passed, they had a right to marry. Yeah, they had a right to marry, just like you just had to marry a female, because that is natural. That is yeah. natural law, and uh, uh, any law, any law that is contrary to God um, is not a natural law. Or, or any any. Uh, let, let me just. Uh, I got a great quote from. Uh, uh, Blackstone. So Blackstone, 
Blackstone's commentaries were taught. In, uh, Louis L'Amour said, and my, you know, my, my son found this in a Louis L'Amour novel, The uh, Cowboy Guy. Oh. Every pioneer, every American pioneer had uh, a copy on a shelf of the Bible and Blackstone. <laughs> so uh, Blackstone said that no human laws are of any validity if contrary to natural law. Hmm. They're invalid. If they go against God and God's uh, and, and and nature's God, if they go against uh, uh, creation, conscience, and the Word of God, they are not valid law. That's what gay marriage is. Gay marriage goes against uh, it goes against God. It goes against God's Word. It goes against the natural order of things, hmm. and uh, and that's what this bill does. Yeah. And, and you know, essentially what this is, is you've probably heard the phrase, this is identity politics. This seems to be the all-encompassing strategy of the left right now is to take what, what we should be working on, which are real issues, real values, finding real solutions for things. And it's being gobbled up in this whole philosophy of identity politics. And I, I want us to pay attention at the unholy trio of weaponry the unholy trinity of weaponry that the left is using mm. to to support this ideology of identity politics. The, the first thing they're using is false science, science falsely so-called. They say, follow the science. That's, that's number one. Number two is they're using racial shaming. They're saying, hey, you, uh, especially you white people, you have no leg to stand on as far as character and morality because you had slaves, okay? Uh, ignoring the fact that Throughout all of human history, just study the history of Western civilization, you'll find that every culture at every time abused, abandoned, and destroyed people. That slavery has been around since the beginning of time. And it's not a new concept that you use as a weapon to say people are evil, bad, or, or wrong. So uh, so they use this this racial shaming. And then the third thing that they use is cancel culture. So uh, these three things together uh, are what they're beating everybody in the head over with to try to push their identity politics through. False science, um, and they're using um, racial shaming, and they're using cancel culture. And they're using this in order to strip away everybody's true identity from them. Because you can't talk about true identity. You can't talk about a man being a man. You can't talk about a woman mm. being a woman. You can't talk about a white person being a white person. You can't talk about a black person being a black person. You've got to you've got to go through all these hoops now in order to be politically correct because of this this ideology which is just so pervasive. Uh, where is that verse? Sci- uh, science first. Yeah. Oh man, now you're calling out the pastor no, for. I thought I thought I, as a pastor I, I, you I'll would know that it. immediately. I, I think I know it, <laughs> well, but I me, don't. While you're doing that, let, let me just make a point from this article. I just want to read a couple of uh, paragraphs that uh, that you you will be interested in. Too, Pastor, because it involves religious freedom. It has to. When you start saying you're going to uh, allow for the transformation of, of uh, sexual identity, that's a chilling thing. And you're talking about the inevitability of it threatening religious freedom. So this article in Breitbart on uh, on uh, on the Equality Act says it sacrifices the equality, safety, and privacy of women while privileging men who identify as women. If this uh, if this bill becomes law, they'd have a civil right to spend the night in a battered women's shelter, disrobe in a women's locker room, hmm. and 
compete on a women's sports team, even children at K-12 through public schools. Religious institutions fare no better. Religious schools, adoption agencies, and other char- uh, charities would face federal sanction for operating according to basic biology and mainstream biblical teaching on sex and marriage. Hmm. One, uh, one last sentence here. Outrageously, this act exempts itself from the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. So um, that's, that's how dangerous it yeah, is. Yeah. This is what uh, Paul wrote to Timothy. It was 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 20. This is what he wrote to him. And see if this wouldn't be good advice for all of us right now, mm-hmm. whether you're in politics or whether you're in the church. This is what he said, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. If we would just keep what's been given to us, what we've learned, yes. what we know, yeah. and, and hold solid to it, right? Mm. And then he says this, avoid profane and vain babblings. Mm. <laughs> Boy, there's a lot of that going on out there. <laughs> you think. And then, and then this, it says, and oppositions of science falsely so-called, yeah. which some professing have erred concerning the faith. So you're supposed to stay. You're supposed to hold to that which is true. Stay away from profane and vain babblings, and avoid science falsely so called. When David uh, was going to fight Goliath instead of Saul, who Saul should have, uh, David said, "No, hey, I'll do it." Saul said, "Okay, take my armor." David tried the armor on; it didn't fit. He said, "I cannot go with these because I have not proved them." Yeah. If we had just used that one principle of not going with that which has not been proven, then we would be okay. One yeah. simple principle in God's Word would save our country and would have saved our country, but we decided to get prayer out of school, get the Bible out of school, and take God out of the marketplace. And now we're looking at bills coming from Washington, D.C., that uh, that would, quote, eliminate the legal recognition of male and female sex, and so on. It's unbelievable. So it is stunning. It's stunning. Um, so we're about out of time. We're going to uh, we're going to close it up. I, I I did want to mention there's also a bill coming that uh, my son sent me. It's called uh, HR 127. Look it up. Also, this is a this is a clear and present danger to our gun rights. It's mm. also stunning and how bold they are and just just. Uh, uh, as an affront to the to the Bill of Rights, to our Constitution. Mm. So we've got to be vigilant. We've got to, uh, you know, we're debtor. We're debtor to God, and we're debtor to the Founding Fathers who, you know, they gave, our, they gave their blood so we could have freedom. So we've got to, well, the least we can do is stand up and fight, fight in the marketplace, uh, be bold at the water uh, cooler at work, mm-hmm. be, you know, with, with your family. Like you said, be loving but bold. Mm-hmm. Paul said, pray for me that I'll be bold. So, uh, so we need to do that. So, uh, did, unless you have something else, uh, Pastor, we're gonna we're gonna no head good on show out. today. Great, great stuff to talk about. It seems like every week there's important things that we need to bring into the light of Scripture. So, I, I appreciated the the topics today. So, we'll we'll uh, we'll take on cancel culture next next week also, and deconstructionism, and and how our 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 culture is being transformed in in a frightening way. So, you'll want to tune in next week. Also, Thursday at 5, Saturday at 3, you're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show with State Senator Mike Azinger, Pastor Brian Leversey. We're honored that you would listen, and uh, we hope you'll tune in every week. But for now, have a great week. Love you all, and God bless you. Talk to you soon. I will choose to-